You are listening to the Christy G Podcast with your host, Christy G. Hey, that's that's me. It is you. <laughs> is that really what I sound like? Yes, it is. Uh, all right, here we go. <laughs> What's up, guys? Christy here. Thanks for tuning in again. Episode three, it is here, and I am pumped. <laughs> this week here in Los Angeles, it has been, okay, It was like 70 over the weekend, and it got me all freaking pumped about Halloween, so I decorated for Halloween, and I am just avoiding looking at the weather because I think it's going to get warm again, but you guys, Halloween season is here, and that makes me so freaking pumped. (laughs) I, um, yeah, I just get really, really happy during the holiday times, and I know that, like, I was talking to a friend the other day, and he was like, man, like, oh, winter's coming, and I get more sad. I'm like, I'm backwards. I get so excited when the freaking sun goes away. I'm so tired of the sun and the hot. I wanted to leave. I should have, like, lived in the Pacific Northwest for sure. I live in California where it's always sunny, and after a while, it gets really, really old. <laughs> um So yeah, so that's been going on. Pretty cool. Also, I went to the Troubadour last night and saw Rustin Kelly live. Dirt emo. So dang good. (laughs) If you're not familiar with Rustin Kelly, he is awesome. Uh, He's great on his own, of course. A lot of people know him because he's married to Casey Musgraves, but that is neither here nor there because he is an amazing singer-songwriter and his show is so good. And I remember I was just sitting there and I was talking to Mark and I was like, God, I haven't been to the Troubadour in like six years. I think the last time I was there, I saw Isley play and that was a long time ago. And also I was just like reminiscing about all the times I used to go to concerts and how I miss it and I miss my musical friends. I was like, God, I miss this world. And two seconds later, I see one of my old friends like walk by who I haven't seen in like five years. I was like, oh my God, it's Sonny. Sonny from Five Iron Frenzy. (laughs) He was just like two rows in front of me. So I caught up with him and it was really cool. It was really fun seeing him again. And um, it was just, it was a good feeling. Like feeling like I was back in my element again in a a way. (sighs) I got to do that more often. I'm really pumped because next week I'm going to something else. I'm just getting out there, guys. I'm going to go see Pete Holmes over at the Largo right up the street from my house here in Los Angeles. I have been binge watching his show Crashing on HBO. I just finished it. I've also read his book and have been just like listening to his podcast. I'm one of those people when I find someone I like, I'm like about it for like a while. So he is like my new fun thing that I like to listen to. And I'm really, really excited to go see him next Friday night. He is on my list of dream interviews. One day, one day I'm going to interview Pete Holmes. It's going to happen. <laughs> Anyhow, okay. So this week um, I'm going to talk about mental health awareness because I did a little poll on Instagram and asked you guys what you'd want to talk about. I gave you three options. There was mental, my mental health journey. There was talking about the story that I'm writing based on my life. And then there was talking about my days interviewing musicians and what that was like. So in order of popularity, it was mental health and then it was musicians and then it was the story. So I'm going to spend the next three weeks talking about those things in that order. I want to thank everyone who got back to me on Instagram. It meant a lot. I am really excited 
to talk about stuff that you guys want to hear about. Also, as far as this subject in particular, it's super important. I think more people need to talk about it. It's scary to talk about, but I think that's what makes it even more important because more people need to talk about it, right? Okay, so yes, this episode is called Emotion Sickness. It's a playoff of the song Motion Sickness by Phoebe Bridgers who, by the way, I think wrote this song about Ryan Adams I was reading about this morning. So if you don't know the Ryan Adams scandal, you can probably just Google Ryan Adams and it'll all pop up. Broke my heart into a billion pieces. I loved him. There's still hope for you, Ryan Adams. Be better. Come on. Um, but whew, that was, uh, whew, I could go on and on about that. I'm not gonna. Okay, so. She has a song called Motion Sickness, and one of the lines is, I have emotional motion sickness. Somebody roll the window down. And I was like, oh my God, emotional motion sickness. That's what I feel like mental health situations feel like. And so that's what the name of the episode is. Also, speaking of music, um, I made a playlist. So anytime I mention any kind of songs on the podcast, I add them to the playlist it's going pretty well. Some great mixes on there so far. You can find it in the links provided in the episode. Also my Instagram and my blog. I will let you know about all that at the end, but I think you'll really, really love the song in particular. All right, so let's get into mental health. Okay, so you guys, I have an anxiety disorder and I suffer from pretty bad depression. The anxiety is basically daily and the depression comes in waves. Um, I Some people know about this. I talk about it sometimes, but I try to live a pretty positive life on social media because two things. I think it's just, it's hard to like talk about these things. My anxiety is like, what if I say something and people judge me? Like that's what's going through my mind. But also, I just feel like there's so much negativity on the world. I tried to be this like sparkly freaking unicorn of joy. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's not real life and you have to be real if you want to be authentic, right? So um, when it comes to talking about it, it's always been really hard. And one of the examples I like to give people is like, okay, so I make these like business cards that in big, big letters say, you are worthy of all things beautiful, magical, lovely, joyful, hopeful, and radical. I leave them all over Los Angeles. I'm like, people need to know this. They need to know that they are worthy of all these things. I even have people in Portland and Texas and my friend just took some to South Korea. Like they're leaving these cards everywhere. And I can tell people all dang day how they're worthy of stuff, but in my heart, I have a hard time believing that I'm worthy. And I know that sounds kind of intense, and but I can't, I have a really, I'm, I, I can put band-aids on people all day long and I can help them. But if I can't seem to talk, I have to, I have to like really, really work hard on being kind to myself. Like it's really hard for me to be kind to myself and I don't know why, I'm trying to figure that out. Um, some things that constantly go through my mind are people don't care what I have to say. I'm not cool enough to be even noticed or paid attention to. I mean, cool enough, I mean that in quotes, like quote unquote cool because, you know, social media world's all about the cool kids right now. And if you're not cool enough, they can't promote you. They can't listen to you. And it's really hard to not, like for me personally, it's hard for me to not take that personally. 
um, because I feel like I'm surrounded with so many cool people that I want to be involved and I want people to love what I'm doing, even though I'm not doing that for them. But you also just want to feel appreciated and heard, right? But I feel like I'm not super cool. For, like, I'm just not cool enough. I, I keep saying that, but that's how I feel. Um, I also just feel like, I always feel like somebody's saying something about me. Like, I'm paranoid. Like, oh, I used to hang out with those people and I don't anymore. And I miss them. But I'm nervous to, like, go back and talk to them again because it's been so long. And what if they've been saying stuff about me behind my back? And I don't know where that comes from. It's totally weird and bizarre, but that's constantly what's going through my mind. There are days where I wake up and everything's great. Within an hour, I got chest pains. I have, I feel like I just can't leave the house. I'm like, what the heck is the point of anything today? I'm just going to like stay home. I'm going to take some me time. That's an excuse. It's just because I can't, like I can't freaking move. Like it's insane. Um, when days get really, really, really dark, I'm talking like super dark, my mind goes into places like what am I doing for this world if I'm doing anything? Like what am I, like what am, what's my purpose? Like I feel like I lost my purpose and I wonder if I moved out of Los Angeles, would people notice I was gone? And worse, like if I didn't wake up tomorrow, would anyone care or even know? And I know that's really heavy and that's really dark. Um, I wouldn't say that I have suicidal tendencies by any means, but those dark thoughts find me quite often as recent as a few days ago. Um, The thing is, my life is pretty great. Nothing really is going on bad or wrong or dramatic. Um, It's really... It's really complicated to make sense of it all because when nothing bad, like I wake up and I can't tell you a single bad thing that's going on, but I feel like something terrible is about to happen. Like the sense of doom is around the corner. It's super frustrating. Oh, but here comes Zoe Beans and she brings me joy. Hi puppies. Hello. She's going to be sitting here staring at me. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about all this stuff through the lens of this book that I've read called Furiously Happy. It's by Jenny Lawson. It is hilarious. It's also real. It's super raw. It's about her journey through her mental health um, life. And it's just really, really good. I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover. I know that's the rule. But her book has this amazing smiley raccoon on the the front of it and it caught my attention. I'm so glad I did because it has become like a huge resource in me not feeling completely alone and all of these feelings. Sometimes I feel like that girl on Mean Girls, like I just have so many feelings. I just want the world to be full of rainbows and smiles, (laughs) you know? So I go like all over the map and I just feel sometimes I'm losing my mind. And so when I found this book, I was really, really pumped. And I just want to quote some of the parts of it, and then I'll have a little chat with you guys about how I apply it to my own life. Okay, quote one. She says, I wish someone had told me the simple but confusing truth. Even when everything's going your way, you can still be sad or anxious or uncomfortably numb because you can't always control your brain or your emotions, even when things are perfect. You're supposed to be sad when things are crappy. But if you're sad when you have everything you've ever wanted, it's utterly terrifying. And that's how I feel most days. 
I'm like, I can't under, I can't make sense of it. I don't understand because I can logically tell myself that nothing is wrong, but I still feel like the world is just falling down around me. <sighs> so, dang, you know? So it's like, it's really, I'm glad that she said that because I'm like, am I like, am I mental? Am I losing? I feel like I'm losing it. Like, am I, is something going on that I'm not seeing because nothing feels comfortable? I feel numb. I feel heavy. And at that point during the day, I had just gotten up and was making coffee. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, bam, what is happening? Like, I don't, I don't quite know what triggers it. It's really, really bizarre. Um, She says, when you come out of the grips of depression, there is an incredible relief, but not one you are feel you're allowed to celebrate. Instead, the feeling of victory is replaced with anxiety that it will happen again. And with shame and vulnerability, when you see how your illness affects your family, your work, everything left untouched while you struggle to survive. We come back to life thinner, paler, weaker, but as survivors. Survivors who don't get pats on the back from coworkers who congratulate them on making it. Survivors who make work... Oh, sorry. Survivors who wait to more work than before because their friends and family are exhausted from helping them fight a battle that they may not even understand. You have to figure out how to survive depression, which is really not easy because when you're depressed, you're more exhausted than you've ever been in your life and your brain is lying to you and you feel unworthy of the time and energy needed to get help. And that's why you have to rely on friends and family and strangers to help you when you can't help yourself. This is something I personally struggle with because like she said, like there's like a sense of, like me, there's a sense of guilt if I... If I don't talk about it, then it's bad for me. But if I do talk about it, then I feel like I'm burdening the people around me. And and it's not their job to help me, but when they don't respond or they don't know what to tell me, then I go, it's like a circle. Like I feel like I'm lost again or like no one gets me. Then I just want to shut down again. And I've learned that sometimes you just want someone to just to listen you don't need somebody to fix you that is 99% of the time <laughs> what's going on um but a lot of time you just want to be heard and seen and I feel like she talks about how you got to rely on your friends and family and strangers and one of the big things I've learned throughout my life the last few years is that the kindness of strangers is amazing like I have had some people who have like really inspired me and made and like felt like I felt like I was uplifted by some people I've never even met or people who I wouldn't expect to encourage me and that would and that to me like it's weird because you want your family and your friends to talk to you right But you also are like, well, yeah, of course they're going to talk to me. They're my family and friends. (laughs) But when someone does it and you don't know them and you don't owe each other anything and they're just there, I don't know. That to me spoke so much volume because it made me feel like I am doing something in the world. I am putting something out there that's positive because people are responding to me that I didn't I wasn't speaking to necessarily that hope this makes sense um because I feel like it's it's easier which I think is why therapy is so good because then you can talk to someone who's like not biased 
to one side or the other. Like, strangers, they just see what they see. And they're just like, hey, like, that was a really good blog entry. Or that was a really great podcast. Or, hey, your card that I found on a bench over here, like, really made my day. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know you. And you just made my day awesome. And that's why I try now to... Like leave comments on people's Instagram or go listen to their podcasts, go read their blog, go listen to their band. Like, cause that's important. That's something that's terrifying to put out in the world. And when someone encourages you, it's like, it's like fuel. And I think to me, like something that really helps me personally with anxiety is feeling heard and seen. And a lot of strangers throughout the social media world have really helped me with that. And if you are one of them, thank you guys. And also to my family and friends who have supported me 1 billion percent. I love you guys so much. All right. (laughs) Okay, so something that happens a lot is when, oh, let's say I'm having a bad day and you'll have someone be like, why don't you just cheer up? And you're like, oh, okay, it's that easy, whatever. Jenny Lawson says, I can tell you that just cheer up is almost universally looked at as the most unhelpful depression cure ever. It's pretty much the equivalent of telling someone who just had their legs amputated to walk it off. Some people don't understand. Sorry. Some people who don't understand that for a lot of us, mental illness is as a severe chemical imbalance rather just than, sorry guys, rather than just having a bad case of the Mondays. Those same well-meaning people will tell me that I'm keeping myself in recovery because I really, quote-unquote, need to cheer up and smile. And that's when I consider chopping their arms off and blaming them for not picking up their severed arms so they can take it to the hospital and have them reattached. This is where Jenny Lawson's humor is hilarious. Um, She also says, I can't think of another type of illness where the sufferer is made to feel guilty and question their self-care when their medications need to be changed. That's something. Okay, so me personally, I am on a prescription for Zoloft. I used to take Zoloft and Clonopin. Now I'm down to Zoloft. Okay, about medication. People need to stop shaming people for taking medicine. It is not bad. That's their journey. And also vice versa. If people don't believe in medication, fine. Don't harass them about it. Like, People have different ways. I have friends that do things holistically, and that's awesome. I've tried it. It doesn't really work for me. I, I'm better with the medication. I I think it's okay. Like, I, it's fine. But, like, some people are like, oh, my gosh, you take medicine. You shouldn't depend on medicine. You should just go to therapy and talk it out, and it's an internal issue. Yes, I do get that. But sometimes you need medicine. So here I am taking Zoloft every day, nothing wrong with it. If you do, don't let anyone shame you. Tell them to knock it off. Tell them I said no more. Okay. (laughs) Jenny Lawson goes on to say, when depression suffers fight, recover, and go into remission, we seldom even know, simply because so many suffer in the dark, ashamed to admit that something they see as a personal weakness, afraid that people will worry, and more afraid that they won't. We find ourselves unable to do anything but cling to the couch and force ourselves to breathe. All right. So the part where she says, you'll be afraid that people will worry, but more afraid that they won't. That is huge for me. I was talking about this with my therapist today. I'm like, okay, so I have this thing going on in this certain situation. And she's like, well, why don't you 
talk to these people about it. And I'm like, well, if I don't talk about it, there's a chance that I'm overthinking it and that they're thinking a positive way. And when in my heart, I'm worried they're thinking a negative way. So if you don't bring it up, then there's a chance that you're wrong and you want to be wrong, right? But if you do bring it up and they prove that you're right, to me, that was like the hardest thing. I I don't want to know. I don't want them, I don't want to know that they don't care about what I'm doing. I want to believe that they do care and I'm just worried that they don't. I'm trying to say this without going into detail because that's my personal, my biz, that's my business. But, uh, so I was just more, like she says, you're more worried that they're not, they don't care. And that to me is big, big, big. Um, yeah, and she says, you find yourself unable to do anything but cling to the couch and force yourself to breathe. I have been there many, many times where, like I said, I don't leave the house. I talked about this in episode one. I literally would just stay on the couch all day and just one episode of Netflix at a time, make it through the day. I remember like it'd be four in the afternoon and I would just be like, why can't it be like nine o'clock so I have a reason to go to sleep? Like those days, they're hard and they're really, really hard. You're exhausted from doing nothing but thinking. It's... Ugh, it's so tough. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. There is nothing, this is what Jenny says, there is nothing more annoying than having someone tell you that everything would be fine if you were just a better prayer, prayer, <laughs> or you would just smile more or stop drinking Diet Coke. I can tell you that Just Cheer Up is almost universally looked at as the most unhelpful depression cure ever. Okay. Repeated that part. But yes, I, I got, I get the, especially the praying part. Okay. I get that. I remember back in the day, I think this is part of why I was so, like, it's gotten worse as I've gotten older. Because when I was younger, they're like, pray it out. God's got this. Yay. And I was like, yes, that's right. The problem with that is, what if you pray and it doesn't get better? What does that say about your view of this, this God, Right. So I remember as a kid being like, oh my gosh, okay, so I'm really stressed out, but God's going to take care of it. And that's, like, that's fine. That's, if you want to believe that, that's great. But also I think people need other people, and some people need medication, and some people need therapy, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, she goes on to say, most of my favorite people are dangerously messed up, but you would never guess it because we've either become adapted to hiding it or we've learned to bear it so honestly that it becomes a new normal. There's a quote from The Breakfast Club that goes, We're all pretty bizarre. Some of us are just better at hiding it. I have it on a poster, but I, I have it on a poster, but I took a sharpie to it and scratched out the word hiding because it reminds me that there's a certain pride and freedom that comes from wearing your unique bizarreness like a badge of honor. So her, po- her poster would say, We're all pretty bizarre. Some of us are just better at it. I think that is awesome. Like, own it. it. I feel like when you own it, like me talking to you guys, I'm really anxious right now. I don't know if you can tell. I'm like, uh, like already in my head, like, oh my gosh, first of all, am I talking too quick? I'm going to post this. No one's going to watch it or listen to it. Like, all these things are going through my head. But at the same time, I'm like, this is what you guys want to hear. And it's important. Someone needs to talk about it. Someone needs to hear it. Even if it's one person, someone needs to hear it. Um... Ugh, yeah, um, so I know that comments like just smile, fake it till you make it, hold tight to your faith, etc. 
they're never meant to just be like whatever like comments to you but sometimes you just need someone to listen and be like that just really sucks and I'm sorry I know when I say something to someone and I get answers back like that I really just want to be heard and not fixed I do find comfort in believing that there is this higher being and there's this God out there who loves me and is fine with me and he's with me. But Pete Holmes says something along the line when it comes to faith in God. He just says, just get there. However you have to make it happen, just get there. And that's how I feel. I feel like, especially in the faith aspect, like people are like, Okay, well, if you're bummed, you don't have enough faith. So if you don't have enough faith, then you're disappointing God, which I think is crap. And then they say, um, yeah, just God's the only answer. I don't think God is the only answer. I think, like I said, medication, therapy, human interaction, all very good. <laughs> um, but I do understand, like, the idea of believing in something does help. It helps me, at least, believing in anything. And that's when Pete says... Just get there, however you have to do, get there. To me, that resonated a lot, and hopefully that makes sense to someone. Um, you can disagree with me on this, of course, and that's okay, but I truly believe that we all need each other. We are not meant to be isolated, especially in our thoughts and our feelings. Humans need other humans. And this is why I think therapy, again, is a great thing. You can talk about something that's really tough for you and not worry about affecting someone else someone else's views of you or making them stressed out for you or whatever they are 100% I'm unbiased and it is awesome that is their job to be there for you to listen to and it has completely helped me out a lot okay another thing that I struggle with like I think I mentioned earlier about how I wasn't the cool kid I wasn't cool enough as I compare myself to certain people and then I feel like I'm either behind or I'm lame or I'm not doing enough or maybe I'm overdoing it blah 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 Jenny says don't compare your insides with someone else's outsides don't compare behind the scenes looks to everyone else's highlight reels in other words stop judging yourself against shiny people avoid the shiny people the shiny people are a lie or get to know them enough to realize they aren't so shiny after all. Shiny people are not the enemy. Sometimes we're the enemy when we listen to our malfunctioning brains that try to tell us that we're alone in our self-doubt or that it's obvious to everyone that we don't know what we're doing. There are probably people out there right now who consider us to be shiny people. Blessed or stupid, stupid hearts. And that's pretty much proof that none of our brains can be trusted to accurately measure the value of anyone, much less ourselves. How can we be expected to properly judge ourselves? We know all of our worst secrets. We are biased. We are overly critical and occasionally filled with shame. So you'll have to trust me when I say that you're worthy, important, and necessary, and smart. I love Jenny. Oh, this book is so good. Okay, so this was a huge thing to me when it came to social media because when it comes to social media, majority of the world show all the parts that are shiny and bright. I know firsthand people who do this and it's not real life. I, I have friends who are influencers and friends who their Instagrams are very polished and pretty, but they're outside, like, it's not them, not in a bad way, but, like, I go hang out with them and they're in their sweats. On their Instagram, they are... 100% made up. It's not real life. It's not necessarily bad, like I said, but it's not real life. You got to stop judging your 
your life on people's Instagrams. Like it's not healthy, not good. I actually left Facebook about a year ago because I didn't feel safe anymore. Um, not really for comparing myself to people, but it was like I would say something and people in my Facebook world felt like it was their job to tell me why I was wrong or had to argue with me. Silly beans. Stop crying. Had to argue with me or it was so overwhelming. I'm like, why couldn't I just be like, hey, I like Beto O'Rourke. Oh, no, you can't say that. Like, what? You voted for a Democrat? Like, okay, like <laughs> I'm using that as an example because I'm off Facebook now. <laughs> but it was just like super overwhelming and I felt like not – not safe in my like little hometown anymore I just felt really nervous um so anyways that was just a little story about why I got off Facebook it wasn't good for my heart it definitely wasn't good for my mind and I have been much happier since getting rid of that app okay Jenny goes on to say clinical depression is a semi-regular visitor and anxiety disorder is my long-term abusive boyfriend I used to feel a lot of guilt about having depression, but then I realized that it's a lot like feeling guilty for having brown hair. Ugh, yeah. So I used to feel really bad or felt like something was wrong with me. And I'm like, oh my God, nothing's wrong with me. This is real life. People deal with this. Let's let's figure it out. Like, let's work through it. And that's been um, really helpful in admitting that to people and really helpful into admitting that to myself and to therapists and um, it's just been really good. I know I keep talking about going to therapy, but if you have a way to do it, please check it out. And don't do like one visit. Do like a month of visits because you, you need time to get it going. You can't fix everything in a day. Like, got to be realistic. Okay. She says, I hope to one day be better, and I'm pretty sure I will be. And I hope that one day I live in a world where the personal fight for mental stability is viewed with pride and public cheer instead of shame. And I hope that for you too. I believe that we're on a path in social media where mental health is becoming less taboo, and that is awesome. I think that's one positive, really positive thing about social media is that you can spread awareness for things like this. And it's becoming more and more common and I think that is amazing um okay Jenny goes on to say when we share our struggles we let others know that it's okay to share theirs and suddenly we realize that the things we are ashamed of are the same things everyone else deals with at one point or another we are so much less alone than we think and what I got back in return for being honest about my struggle was an enormous wave of voices saying I'm proud of you you're not alone and we suspected you were crazy anyways (laughs) And we're still here. And louder than all of that were the whispers that became stronger every day from thousands and thousands of people cheering to the edge and quietly admitting, admitting, me too. I thought it was just me. And the whispers became a roar and the roar became an anthem that carried me through some of my most darkest moments and I did not ride that wave alone. And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier was with strangers being so open to me and even like people who I'm close with, it's like getting back to me because you feel like you're not alone and that does build more confidence and that makes people feel more alive. And I think that's super important in this day and age with social media and all the noise going on in the news, especially this week. Oh, Lord. Um, Like just being a positive force in someone else's life it doesn't take a lot trust me (laughs) it's awesome um 
She goes on to say, I am furiously happy. It's not a cure for mental illness. It's a weapon designed to counter it. It's a way to take back some of the joy that's robbed from you when you thought that you were crazy. Without the dark, there isn't light. Without the pain, there is no relief. And I remind myself that I am lucky to be able to feel such great sorrow and also such great happiness. I can grab onto each moment of joy and live in those moments because I have seen the bright contrast from dark to light and back again. I am privileged to be able to recognize that the sound of laughter is a blessing and a song and to realize that the bright hours spent with my family and friends are extraordinary treasures to be saved because those same moments are a medicine, a balm. Those moments are a promise that life is worth fighting for and that promise is what pulls me through when depression distorts reality and tries to convince me otherwise. I have often thought that people with severe depression have developed such a well for experiencing extreme emotion that they may, they might not be able to experience extreme joy in a way that normal people also might never understand. And that's what furiously happy is all about. It's about taking those moments when things are fine and make them amazing because those moments are what makes us who we are. And they're the same moments we take into battle with us when our brains declare war on our very existence. It's the difference between surviving life and living life. Okay, so whew, that was pretty much the end of my Jenny Lawson quotes. <laughs> that was a heavy one. I remember reading that for the first time and I was like, yeah, dang. Um, so people ask like, okay, Christy, what do you do? Like, how do you deal with your anxiety? Okay, I've already talked about so a lot, I've talked about medication, I've talked about therapy, some practical things that I do, I go to the gym, I work out, I'm training for a marathon, I get outside, I go run, um, I watercolor sometimes, I do these like quirky watercolors, I, even as simple as my friend calling me the other day and just having a conversation with him and talking to him through some of the stuff he was going through really helps me with my own anxieties also handing out those little cards like make your own cards get i've seen people take um post-its and leave little notes like on people's windshields not creepy ones just be like hey have a nice day don't put your name on it don't be a weirdo you know like call me no don't do that but just leave nice things around out in the world because i feel like me personally when i put happiness into the world i feel like a happier person Maybe that doesn't work for everybody, but it doesn't hurt, right? Try it. I dare you. Um, I'm going to make more cards because I want to have all you guys spread them around and let's spread some joy. I sound super corny right now, but <laughs> that's what makes me happy. Um, but yeah, definitely exercise. It's like what Elle Woods, something about Elle Woods and Legally Blonde, like endorphins make you happy and happy people don't kill their husbands. <laughs> Endorphins do help. There's days where I'm like, I do not want to go to the gym right now. That's the last thing on my mind. Or I don't want to go outside and run right now. That's definitely the last thing on my mind. But once I'm out there and once I've done it, I'm always, always thankful that I did. Without fail. I have to talk to myself and tell myself, Christy, you're going to be excited that you did this. So just go out there and dang do it. <laughs> so I do. So yes, do that. I would love to hear what you guys do. Also listen to the music. Oh my God. Music makes me so happy. Even the emo stuff. Like sometimes like bands like the Get Up Kids, it's so sappy and emo-y. Like our dashboard confessional. It just, something about listening to other people's creations makes me really pumped. Even if the words are kind of sad. 
it's I don't know how that works in my mind, but <laughs> it makes me really pumped. Um, I'm definitely getting stronger as time goes on. It's definitely not easy. You know how they say relationships, you gotta you gotta work to make relationships work, and sometimes relationships aren't easy. It's the same way with a relationship with yourself. It's not easy. I feel like my relationship with myself has been the hardest relationship I've ever had to deal with. It's a constant battle. Like I'm constantly having to remind myself that a lot of my feelings are lying to me, that um what I'm what I'm thinking like isn't real. So I get it. I get like it's not that easy. Just be like, get over it. Come on, Chrissy. They're lies. You ha- sometimes you just have to you have to battle your own thoughts and you have to battle yourself. And it's definitely not easy, but it's definitely worth it. And I am always here for you guys. Um, okay, so I thought I'd leave some uh, resources for you guys. If you are in a spot and you're listening to this and you're like at the end of your rope and you're like, I need help, I suggest that you check out. To Write Love on Her Arms. My friend Jamie Turkowski started this years ago and it's amazing. They they help people who are having thoughts of anxiety, depression, self-harm, suicide. Their, their belief system is you were created to be loved. People need other people. Your story is important. Better days are ahead and hope and health are real. So if you go to their website, you can read all these awesome stories and blog entries and just kind of get really motivated and to hear other people's stories as well. And they have resources you can check out. One is you can text T-W-L-O-H-A to write love in her arms to 741-741. You can get immediate help that way. Or you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273 Those two things are super important. If you're in a really, really bad spot, I suggest you do one of those things right now. Don't even finish this podcast. Just go for it. Um, Also, if you are into something, if you're a reader or you like to listen to audiobooks, I 1 billion percent suggest that you guys check out Furiously Happy by Jenny Lawson. I will link it in the bio. It is one of the best books I have ever heard. She is amazing. I say heard. I listen to the audio a lot because her voice is adorable. And you know me, I like, I I don't know. <laughs> I like listening to things and I feel like my voice is kind of my voice, but I love her. I love her voice too. It's really cute. Um, anyhow, I really suggest that you guys check it out. If you know someone who deals with this stuff, maybe read it and then give it to them or just pass it along. If you trust my judgment, I think it is a great, great resource for someone to read that way they don't feel alone and it's also just funny like you get a good laugh out of it she talks about taxidermied raccoons and a giraffe or something I don't know it's really really funny um but you guys definitely check it out thank you so much for listening to me ramble I am still severely nervous to post this because that's part of the package. Um, but me and Zoe Beans wish you guys well and have an amazing day. Next week I'll be back to be talking about one of the other subjects and probably getting even more pumped for that Pete Holmes show at the Largo. Also check out his book, Comedy Sex God. Awesome. Okay, guys, have an amazing day. Bye. You've been listening to the Christy G Podcast. Yeah, you have. Be sure to subscribe and give her a follow on Instagram at Christy G. (laughs) 
yeah, you can also check out my website at www.christyg.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, y'all.